Hi, and welcome back to Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks. And if you've listened to us on a regular basis, well, first of all, thank you very much. So you know our focus here on Healing Quest is natural approaches to optimum well-being so we can all live that longer, healthier, happier life we talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, reaching for a cold drink on these hot summer days is an easy thing to do. But that drink can also bring with it some big health dangers if it includes an artificial sweetener. The toxic downsides of aspartame, saccharin, and sucralose have been widely reported, but one solution to dealing with them has not received as much attention. So, for that side of the story, we've asked Kiran Krishnan, Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Probiotics, to join us today via Zoom from his home base in Chicago. Hi, Kiran. Hi, Kiran. Hey, Judy. Hey, Roy. Good to talk to you. It's always good to talk to you. Well, first, let's do a quick review on how the artificial sweeteners actually damage our gut microbiome. Yeah, so you know, artificial sweeteners—they're not all equal. Um, they they come in in a couple of different categories. There are the categories that are considered NNS, which is non-nutritive sweeteners. These are typically synthetic versions of sweeteners. Um, these are the ones that most people are familiar with. You know, things like aspartame and sucralose. Um, these are not natural compounds, which is important to note. Even things like saccharin, you know, which is which is readily found in in diet foods and foods in general, your body is not used to seeing these things, right? So their their impact is still being elucidated. But what we can what we can see now, um, even with some of the preliminary information, is that they do affect the microbiome in a potentially egregious way, meaning they can create shifts within the microbiome where they increase the growth of certain gram-negative, potentially pathogenic organisms. They can also bring down the growth of organisms that are known to be beneficial for metabolic health, Mm. organisms like bifidobacteria and certain types of lactobacilli. Um, And in general, they can also shrink diversity within the microbiome. So, So they have a measurable impact within the gut and that can't be ignored, right? Because the, the overall benefit was supposed to be, let's reduce sugar intake. These things help you reduce sugar intake. And so it's a positive in general. Uh, but now that we know that the microbiome plays such an important role on our overall outcomes, we have to focus in on what they do to the microbiome. And, and it's also amazing, uh, we should just quickly say, that the, they're sold as uh, weight reduction, but in yeah. fact, they can lead to just the opposite. That's exactly right. There's, there's been a couple of uh, pretty good-sized studies showing that the consumption of diet sodas, for example, that are typically sweetened with things like sucralose and aspartame actually lead to more metabolic dysfunction. They lead to higher weight gain. They lead to more insulin resistance. Um, and in fact, they can even lead to things like overeating more uh, because there is a natural connection in our brain between the degree of sweetness and the caloric content, right? Because remember, sugars are, um, are a source of calories for us. And so when something is extremely sweet, we've got natural programming to tell us that it's really rich and that there's a lot of calories that come from it. 
Um, and in fact, a lot of people, when things are really rich, really sugary, you really can't eat much of it at all, right? Without, without kind of feeling upset either to your stomach or just even having a mental, um, <laughs> uh, you know, just a mental bar against it. And that's because of that intimate connection. Now, when you start eating non-nutritive sweeteners where you have really high sweet perceptions, yet no calories coming from it, it screws up that fine tuning in your brain or potentially can and will cause people to potentially overeat because you lose that connection. So does it take a big quantity of, of uh, these sweeteners to cause this damage in, in our microbiome? Um, you know, not any, not any larger than what's being used in, uh, in most food products and sodas and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, when, when, the, when the FDA allows these kind of sweeteners, they put pretty high limits on it. For example, some of them have limits of four milligrams per kilogram right, uh, of body weight, and you take an average person that's around 80 kilograms, that means you can have up to 320 milligrams of these sweeteners a day. Um, that's a really, really high limit, right? But you, when you consider your typical diet soda has a fraction of that, and the studies on, on the diet products show that even those fractions have a have a huge impact on your on your overall composition. So I wouldn't say it takes a lot. Um, and and in general, what you find is that people that consume a lot of the, the highly sweetened diet uh, beverages and foods will consume higher amounts of them. So they do end up taking in more of it. Does it have a bioaccumulation effect like other things do? That that doesn't seem to be the case. Okay. Um, most of these non-nutritive sweeteners, the synthetic ones, do end up getting metabolized by the microbiome. A good portion of it does come back out the body through the digestive tract. Um, there is some evidence on its impact on the bladder. Uh, that it can be, you know, cycled through waste uh, liquid in the body, which means that it can accumulate in, in the bladder. That's one of the things uh, that came out against aspartame and animal model studies showing increase in bladder cancer risk. So that's what kind of put that on the map as far as something to watch out for. So it, it's hard to say. Right now, it, it seems like it doesn't really accumulate, but because these are compounds that are essentially foreign to the system, it's, it's really hard to say where all they, they are finding themselves. Right. Well, you know, I think many of us have friends who, who, who know that diet drinks that they consume are not that good for them. But at the same time, um, they have a really hard time quitting. Are, are these yeah. sweeteners actually that addictive? I mean, more addictive than sugar? You know, that's one of the really fascinating thing. I was reading some some information on uh, on blogs from Harvard researchers on this topic, and the idea there is that sugar in itself can be addictive, right? We we I think most people have a handle on that, and we see that within kids as well. And in part, it's because um, when you when you consume higher levels of sugar, you're feeding certain microbes or organisms that like sugar those organisms then can actually create things like neurotransmitters to cause you to crave more sugar because they need it for themselves. So there is a tie there between sugar being addictive and, and the perception of sugar being in an addictive need uh, to satisfy a certain part of our physiology. And the problem with the non-nutritive sweeteners is that they are way more sweet than sugar. Right. You know, many of them are 10, 50, 100 times more sweeter. And um, so if that same kind of perception issue exists 
for, for sweeteners, then you would think that they would actually be significantly more addictive in that sense than sugar naturally is. And the problem with that is if you ever go back to sugar after using sweeteners for some time, sugar won't have anywhere close to the same sweet perception to you, right? Your, your system is geared and tuned towards that really high degree of sharp sweetness from the, from the uh, sweeteners. And so when you do, if you do go back to sugar, you'll actually consume much higher, much richer amounts of it to try to match the perception that you're used to. Oh my gosh. Well, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's, right. that's definitely not the outcome you're looking for. If you're just joining us, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest. And we're speaking with microbiologist Kieran Christian of Just Thrive Probiotics about how to deal with a big downside of artificial sweeteners. You know, I have a question. Stevia, which is a natural sweetener, um, do you recommend that versus sugar? So stevia, um, yes. Yeah, so stevia can be beneficial in some way um, at small doses. And that's another thing that's important as well. All of these things can have dose dependency. You can certainly use too much stevia and it can cause, um, you know, less of a beneficial or negative effects in the system. And, and within stevia, there's a couple of different isolates. So there's glycosides from stevia. And then there's um, something called REB-A, R-E-B-A. Um, what the studies on the microbiota has found is that the REB-A isolate from the stevia leaf can actually have beneficial changes on the microbiome, you know, similar to hmm. other what we call nutritive uh, sweeteners, which are things like xylitol and mannitol, which kind of act as prebiotics, but also have the sweet perception. So I would say the REB-A portion of stevia um, would be better than consuming sugar in general, um, depending on the volume. It's a, a small amount of stevia is better than consuming a larger amount of sugar. And that REB-A portion, if it's done in a small amount, especially in combination with something like a monk fruit, which improves the overall taste profile of stevia where you don't have to use as much, can, can be you know, non-disruptive to the system. That's interesting. I, I had no idea about that. That's, that's a good tip. <laughs> yeah. You know, look for products that will have stevia with the REB-A. Often it'll say on the label that it's a REB-A leaf extract. Um, and then if they're combining it with monk fruit, that's a, good that's a good option because in the work we've done on flavor profiling, we find that you can go way lower on your stevia amount if you combine it with the sweet profile of monk fruit. Thank you for that tip. If you stop drinking sweeteners, will a probiotic help relieve any damage that's been done to the microbiome? Absolutely. And that's a good thing about the microbiome. There's always room to fix it. You know, it's mm. an ecological problem, right? We've got an imbalance that's created by the artificial sweeteners, um, and that imbalance can always be fixed. And that's a positive thing. And, and in fact, you know, some of the sugar alcohols or some of the uh, nutritive sweeteners, the xylitols and all that can also be beneficial. There are some people that don't tolerate them well. There are some people that um, will, will get some gas, bloating and discomfort in the gut. Uh, but there are others that can tolerate it perfectly well and they can act as prebiotics. So you do have options there. If you need a sweet perception, you do have a couple of options that, that are um, not harmful to the system. It sounds like this would also be a good uh, place to have prebiotics be involved in keeping your gut uh, microbiome healthy. 
That's exactly right. So when you look at the studies on the type of um, organisms that the artificial sweeteners tend to suppress and, uh, and the types of organisms that the prebiotics tend to increase, they're exactly the opposite, right? Or uh, they have the exactly the opposite effect on the microbiome. So the good bacteria that are suppressed by the sweeteners are actually increased in growth by prebiotics. So one way of actually overcoming any sweetener-based damage is to utilize a good prebiotic. My favorites are oligosaccharides. I think there's a precision prebiotic that I try to make a habit of taking every day. So uh, we want the neighborhood to be as uh, good as possible down there. Right. I, no, I think that the Just Thrive prebiotic uh, is great. I mm -hmm. put it in with my morning shake. Well, thanks, Kieran. We've been speaking with Kieran Krishnan, Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Probiotics, about how to protect our gut microbiome from the toxic effects of artificial sweeteners. You can find out more about the spore-based probiotics and the precision... <laughs> You can yeah, find, easy for you to say. <laughs> you can find out more about the spore-based probiotics and the precision prebiotics we've been discussing at justthrivehealth.com. That's justthrivehealth.com. Okay. Right. Up next, Judy's self-care segment is going to deal with flexibility and include some insights from our friend, Dr. Deepak Chopra. And don't forget, you can find a podcast of this and all Healing Quest shows at our website, healingquest.tv. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Healing Quest is brought to you by Clearlight Infrared, makers of jacuzzi saunas whose infrared heating technology penetrates deep to boost the immune system, increase blood flow, reduce stress, and detox naturally. You can learn more about Jacuzzi Saunas at InfraredSaunas.com. That's InfraredSaunas.com. And use the promo code HEALINGQUEST. Or you can call Clearlight at 1-800-798-1779. That's 1-800-798-1779.